0: What makes a NFT take off? If is it more, more unique holders, just higher per unit sale price, like what, rarity? What makes it work?
1: I think, uh, I think for OKBiz, OK it's really about community, right? It's about branding and community.
0: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. Hey, folks. My guest today is Jack Liu. After monitoring the crypto space and recognizing its potential, particularly around Solana, Jack took the leap of starting out at FTX, one of the industry's leading exchanges where he worked within partnerships and corporate development. Following this, he decided to fill the gap in the market for a community-focused, interactive NFT ecosystem and marketplace and launched Magic Eden, which has witnessed one of the fastest paces of growth in crypto. Jack, you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely. All right. Fastest pace is a big statement. I have to ask you to back that up with data. What do you mean fastest? By what? By what metric?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, thanks, thanks, a for, for having me, Nathan. Um, well, we started Magic Eden seven months ago. Uh, in that time, we've become the second largest NFT marketplace in the world. So this month, we're uh, we're about to trade around four five four to five hundred million dollars of NFTs um, on our marketplace. And we're the fastest marketplace to reach uh, cumulatively a billion dollars in GMB uh, traded. Uh, so we did that in around four or five months.
0: That's amazing. Cool. There's, guys, there's the data. No beating around the bush. It's right there. So so, so real quick, uh, Jack, put this on a timeline for me. When did you write the first line of code for Magic Eden?
1: Uh, that was around late September. Yeah, September or so.
0: So just yeah. last year, I mean, you were talking like like eight months ago. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right.
1: Wow. We launched, okay. a, we launched a site in... 14 days actually. So the first one was really sticky taped together to you know, dare I say. But uh, you know, we 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 launched fast and let the market tell us what we were doing right and what we we're doing wrong. And
0: and how you said you you hit one billion in cumulative NFTs sold on your platform in January uh, in February.
1: Uh, I don't remember the exact month, but it was around that. That's right. yeah,
0: okay., uh, that's amazing. And so what what enabled you to grow so quickly, right? Obviously, you ran BD at a massive exchange. Maybe there are some connections there that helped you grow, but what what was is the credit to that original mousetrap and the growth?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think there were a couple of things. Um, well, number one, you know I have to definitely give credit to the timing right of the market. So, uh, you know, Q Q one, Q two last year was when Ethereum NFTs really took off and really caught the cultural zeitgeist, right? With Bpools, BAYC, and so on. But Q three, there was a huge boon of interest in Solana, the blockchain that we're built on, as well as the NFT activity there. So we caught that timing really well and broke that tailwind. Um, but separate to that, I think within the company itself, the main point that really helped us grow, I think, was the the skill set of the founding team. So. We've got four founders, myself, uh, uh, our CTO, his name is Sid, um, co- uh, my, uh, our chief operating officer, his name is Joshin, and our chief engineer, his name is jo- Joji or Rex. Uh, and I really felt like the four of us came with a good synergies of skill sets that allowed us to build something really fast and uh, have really good intuition about what were the right things to build. Um, so the key there were two of us came from crypto exchanges. So I came from FTX and our chief operating officer, Officer Joshin came from Coinbase and DYDX, which is a uh, you know one of the largest DeFi exchanges. And then my two technical co-founders came from Uber Eats, so they came from really big consumer marketplaces. And if you step back and think about it, an NFT marketplace—the business model is really like a crypto exchange, right? Um, but the features, the software that you build, looks really like a consumer marketplace. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like we had some really natural intuition about what were the right things to build.
0: This makes tons of sense. Now, were you very diplomatic about equity at the beginning? Everyone gets twenty-five percent, or how'd you guys think about that? Uh, obviously, yeah. and maybe maybe there isn't even an equity question. Is this all built in like a DAO
1: or central treasury or something like that? No, no, it's a it's a it's an equity thing. Okay. <laughs> we <We're, we're keeping laughs> pretty vanilla, but yeah, like uh, equal split. You know, I think. Oh wow, you did equal. Uh, uh, absolutely, you know, uh, equal partners in this. We couldn't have done it without. Um, uh, uh, we couldn't have done it without each other. You know?
0: I love this. Okay. So you get going, you write code, you get volume up quickly. I mean, how did you do, just like, just people are going to hear these numbers and be a little bit in disbelief. So I want to try and break it down to like Lego blocks, right? Where you've now built this masterpiece, the first Lego, the first NFT sold on your platform. What was it? How much did it sell for? And how did you help that buyer or seller? Do you remember?
1: Uh, to be honest, I can't remember. I'm embarrassed ah. to say, but we've, we've got like almost 10,000 collections. Uh, now this is on, on, on Magic Eden, so I can't remember. Although yep. I do remember one of the earliest, um one of the earliest collections, this must be in you know the first 10 or something, was called Cyber Trolls. And um our team, we were trying to BD the artist to list their collection with Magic Eden. But then uh the the creator of that collection turned, you know, uh, turned the turn, turn the conversation around, and started showing himself to us and say, yo, you know, I actually want to work for you guys because you guys have something really special going on. We hired him. His name is Igor. He was our first BD guy, and he was just a killer—like absolutely um, integral to to the you know the founding story and the early success of Magic Eden. So, uh, so is that what you're that's, doing? That's you're special almost special like
0: stuff. you're almost like Sotheby's. You're you're actually spending all your time recruiting artists effectively.
1: Uh, yeah. So we we've got two main business lines. We've got uh, a, a business line called Launchpad, where we help artists launch their NFTs for the first time. And that is absolutely what you know, as you describe it's very much like artist outreach, right? And then we have a, another business which is called secondary uh, secondary trading. So this is where the art is already in the hands of holders, and they're trading it back and forth. It's more like a Craigslist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that that piece of it is much more about being in touch with the collector community and you know uh, marketing to them and incentivizing them to come to Magic Eden. Mm -hmm.
0: And if you, obviously you have 100% of of revenue, right? What percent is launchpad
1: versus secondary trading? It's around, um, uh, launchpad is a little more spiky. I would say it's around 2080 or 3070. So 20% launchpad, 80% secondaries, or sometimes it goes up to
0: 3070. Yep. So, and just to, I guess, just to go back to volume, you quoted 400 million. That, That was 400 million in GMV last month in April. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think you'll do this month?
1: This month has started off pretty strong, actually. So I think we're already at... Um, well, where are we right now? Uh, I, I I don't <laughs> know the numbers off the top of my head, but this month has started pretty strong as well. So uh, probably something similar. Yeah.
0: Okay. So, so I mean, I, that's what I'm trying to get a sense. It, are you going from like 200 million in NGMV to 400 million to 800 million? You're doubling every month? Or is it more like, you know... 20 percent growth per month
1: yeah so right now we um so our, our platform is built on the solana blockchain uh we've been consistently around 90 to 95 percent market share of the solana blockchain of all nfts traded on solana for the past two three months or so mm-hmm. so we're really breaching at the edges of what the total market is at solana so right now uh market growth or uh GMB trading volume is actually more of a function of um uh Solana you know, yeah exactly more of a function of Solana right
0: yeah so and I mean are you in cycles yeah. are you involved deeply with the the core Solana team I mean if they grow you grow
1: yeah that's right yeah that's right so Solana Ven- uh, Solana Foundation we've been um in contact with from day one effectively and you know, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, feel very privileged for them to have in our uh, uh, as an investor in our Series A as well. So our last round. So we we work with them uh, very closely, hand in hand.
0: Okay, yeah. Let's talk about funding. So, so when was the Series A closed? Uh, February. Oh, this year. Okay. Yeah, and how much? How right. much was it? Uh, we raised twenty-seven million. Okay, twenty-seven. And how do you value a thing like this? I mean, in traditional SaaS, your Series A, you're selling ten to fifteen percent. Were you sort of in that same range? Mm-hmm,
1: mm mm-hmm about okay, enough.
0: Yeah. Got it. So the, I mean we're talking then what like a like a 220 pre-money valuation, something like that.
1: Something that Oh yeah, we talk yeah. That's right. Okay. Okay, great. So
0: ha- teach me here because I'm a SaaS guy, right? How does a marketplace like this get valued, right? With with traditional equity
1: investors? Yeah, I mean it's uh it, it gets valued uh, um uh, very similarly to marketplace businesses where revenue generative so we take a clip of the gmv the transact total transaction amount that goes through the marketplace uh so right now we clip two percent of uh the the transaction volume um yeah so uh, and within you know uh, effectively revenue generative from day one so mm-hmm. um pretty much i think do you, take, do you take
0: jack do you take two percent of all revenue through the platform mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. if we take can we i mean can we take 400 million last mm-hmm. month times two percent yeah
1: made eight million dollars okay. yeah
0: so you, so you did eight million dollars last last month in revenue yeah i'm missing something i mean that puts you at like almost a 100 million million dollar run rate you're only mm-hmm. getting
1: valued at 2x uh well yeah we raised the last round uh, when we were around thirty percent market share, so we like signed the term sheet around November. It was just a bit of a long closing process. But, yeah, oh my I, gosh! I, I would think that our valuation is like significant, significantly higher now.
0: Did they not? I mean, as you, I mean, it, would, it takes two, three, four months to do, obviously go through diligence. Was there not a period where you're going, guys? Our monthly growth has been incredible. I, I'm not going to back out of the term sheet because I'm a good guy. But is there any chance you can give us a little higher valuation to minimize dilution?
1: Uh. <laughs> so I think, like, though, yeah, I I think that's like a, a, a um, yeah, those those like a bunch of stuff that happened like in the middle, but uh, we didn't have that conversation. Though, we're very okay. grateful for the for the yeah, this is okay.
0: We, yeah. But my I am getting my numbers right. You valued mm-hmm. basically at two X when you closed. Um, you're about to break a hundred million dollar run, right? You're at like two hundred twenty, two hundred. Yeah,
1: around months. Feb. Around Feb, we weren't doing eight million. So I think last okay. month we were doing eight million. Uh. Okay. Around FED, maybe we're doing four, four million or something.
0: Oh, so you're you're like growing. I mean, this is like an extreme growth story. Yeah, like you're you're doubling every like two months or something like that. Mm-hmm. I see. Fascinating. Okay, got it. That makes sense. Now, is this the only capital you've raised? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay, so skip the pre-seed, skip the seed.
1: Oh no, no, we've had a we've had a uh, like a small uh, seed as well. Yeah. After when our, was May. that? Oh, uh, that How? was around October.
0: Okay, so 500K seed. Uh, seed two and, round. and a half mil. Two and oh, and half and half. Half, two yeah. and a half, sorry.
1: Two and a half in February of this year. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, October last year, two and a half mil seed round. And then okay. Feb, we closed the Series A. Yeah, oh, I, I understand. Yeah.
0: I understand. Got it. And that valuation on the seed round, what, same like 10 cap, 20 cap, something
1: like that? Yeah, something that automatically, yeah. Too, yeah.
0: Remote teams are all the rage right now. In fact, many companies want to stay this way, even post-pandemic. And the reasoning's obvious. Hiring talent from anywhere in the world means you can bring on better talent. But the challenges are very real. How do you manage employees in other countries legally and easily? What about international payroll, employee benefits? What are taxes like in countries that are far away from where you're based? You need to understand all of this, including local paperwork and local compliance for all your remote employees. Now, two of the most successful remote companies, both GitLab and Zapier, have reached multi-billion dollar valuations, and they use a special tool, a secret portal, I like to call it, at remote.com. Remote's platform is easy to use for full-time employees, contractors, and your HR team. They help you scale your international team, your remote team, at a price you can afford. Now, look, when I sign up sponsors, you guys know I like to get a great deal for our listeners. Otherwise, we won't run the sponsorship. Well, Remote has delivered. Sign up today and receive a 50% discount off your first employee for the first three months. Check out NathanLatka.com forward slash remote and enter promo code LATKA to get started. That's NathanLatka.com forward slash remote and promo code LATKA. Check it out today before you miss out. Very interesting. Okay. So how do you, I mean, if I'm a Series A investor looking at this, I'm going, my gosh, where is Jack going to grow this thing? They already make up 95% of Solana. So you must be telling some massive growth story that does not have to do with Solana moving forward.
1: Uh, yeah. So there's a couple of things. Um, I think NF- the NFT market uh, growth starts with, growth starts with the creators. Growth doesn't necessarily start with the chain right? It's the creators who create use cases for NFTs and those use cases pull in new users. Chain is just a technology, just like an operating system on which it lives. Um, we're very bullish on uh, new categories. So uh, the category that we have uh, that we've built our business on, that's kind of our bread and butter today is digital collectibles. So like profile photos, digital art, and so on. Um But the category that we're super bullish on going forward uh, and we want to invest deeply in is gaming, right? Uh, In-game assets, in-game purchases, that's been a tried and tested business model for a decade for for the gaming industry and users that are very tech savvy and, 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 um, uh, uh, you know, would be open to, uh, uh, much more uh, open to adopting new technologies. So for us, we want to bet deep on serving game developers and Solana as a chain, um, with some of its new like technical fancy technical properties of being super fast and cheap and so on is pretty adept at, at serving those use cases. So even though we don't see that those, uh, gaming developers launching too many of those gaming developers launching their games now on Solana, we're betting on the future and we're very bullish. Now, mm-hmm.
0: for artists listening to your people that don't understand it's, NFTs, explain to me why okay bears is such a popular collection. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, that's a really good question. Those uh, well, I'm a I'm an Aussie, and I, I I heard the founders are fellow Aussies, so definitely a little bit of Aussie pride there as well. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, just for my audience too, to paint the picture here, right? So six thousand unique holders. There's only ten thousand in supply. There's yeah. thirteen hundred listed right now, I guess, for sale on Magic yeah. Eden, right? Yeah. What part? What makes a NFT take off? If is it more more unique holders, just higher per unit sale price, like what rarity? What makes it work?
1: I think. Uh, I think for OK Bears, it's really about community, right? It's about branding and community. Like um, in, in some fundamental value, like uh, in in some fundamental ways, um, collections like uh, OK Bears, their profile photos, right? And in a way, it's your uh, internet version of I don't know, like a Rolex or something, uh, or like a Nike bag. It's your personal branding on the internet. And what the OKBez okay team did extraordinarily well was they did a lot of super organic grassroots community building to build interest in their project over six months. There's a lot of NFT projects which try to um uh, uh you know cut a lot of corners, right? Basically they'll pay a bunch of influencers, get some juice up some marketing, but there is no real uh, organic interest uh from the from the community uh, uh in the collection. And I think what OKBez okay did was just really pound the pavement and do the hard work and build out community. And that strength really shows. And, you know, in some ways that translates super well into their brand.
0: What does that mean? I own Bear number 4533 with honey dripping out of his mouth and one suspender on. What do I get access to community-wise? Are these people that I can go to a digital world somewhere, a URL, and talk to people in a chat room? Or is it a physical meetup in LA I can only visit once a year? Like, what is the community part?
1: Yeah so I think for for okay Bears, they have a roadmap. I, I'm not super familiar with exactly the ins and outs just because um, uh, you know we, we serve so many creators. Um, but the, like creators typically what I would say uh, at a higher, or in a more generalized level is they will um, use the funds from the mint to then build some kind of virtual world or like internet gated experience. And they would curate the the audience that is there, right, for that specific purpose. And people who, who go there will say, hey, like, um, you know, I really like the vibes or I really like the experience you're creating. Uh, another way of describing it would be it's almost a little bit like an internet version of a exclusive club, right? Mm-hmm. And you really like the people that you hang out there. And a lot of people who buy OK Bears would be, you know, crypto influencers or uh, social leads or something like that in the cryptoverse. verse generally it might be really hard to be able to have a conversation with them and talk about or have a common language with them or a common common topic. But because you're bonded by this, you know, in some ways like an internet luxury purchase, uh, you know, you can create that common language. And
0: common topic. Yeah, I mean, this feels a lot like back when I used to play like... Uh... Like age of empires the conquerors edition and i was part of a clan right i go to okay bears and i look at their blueprint and it's literally like looking at a blueprint there's the park the gallery the bear market the boutique the studio and if i could click into any of these worlds i can see where this could i mean it basically becomes an online game it's the new version of an rpg uh, with yeah. a curated community is that a good analogy
1: yeah. a, a little bit like that yeah a little bit like that, yeah interesting yeah fascinating world
0: okay this is exciting stuff so um some other quick metrics here before we wrap up what's the mm-hmm. average sale price so 400 million last month what was the average sale price
1: um i think my finance guy is gonna uh have to keep me honest but i think it's around 200 to 300 dollars. Yeah. okay got so it so a lot, lot of volume yeah
0: a lot of volume right so we can do 400 million right divided by 200 what is that like 2 million unique transactions something like that
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: that's incredible okay and and are they they all being bought by like the same buyers, right? One buyer owns a million or like how many buyers of the 400 million in GMV? Uh,
1: In general, we see around 30,000 unique traders every day. Uh, So it's still largely pretty distributed. There is definitely some concentration effects like uh, whales who buy a ton. Um, But in general, when we've looked at snapshots of the data previously, our our, our collector base is fairly Mm -hmm. distributed
0: there are some things i just don't know about i really know b2b SaaS. i'm still new to crypto are there questions i should be asking here that i haven't
1: (laughs) i mean uh crypto uh, so i mean nfts is pretty crazy it's a it's effectively a new media class right or a new asset class uh but to roll it up in one um i think uh, in general we're also experimenting and thinking about uh where this thing could go in the future i would say it's pretty early days in in terms of this technology primitive um we're, we're, uh, I think all that to say is, you know, we're also thinking about some of these questions ourselves and, and trying to explore what the future is. Yeah.
0: If, if CAA comes and offers to buy you for a billion dollars, do you sell? No. <laughs> <laughs> he says it very... That is the right... That is the model, right? Like it would be one of these big record labels or a big gaming company or, or a big... Like someone that has connections to a lot of artists. I mean, that would be like if you were going to merge with someone or do a deal with someone, it would be those kinds of groups,
1: right? Um, I think philosophically, we'll never merge, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh,
0: Let's just use the word partner.
1: Okay, you're never going to sell, but if
0: if you're going to partner, that's who you'd be partnering with, right?
1: Yeah. um, The DNA for Magic Eden is we're very crypto native. So in the sense of we really want to experiment and explore the boundaries of this new technology and these new primitives. uh, And... In that in that sense, I think um, some more, like we want to partner with folks who share our vision to want to basically also want to experiment and try out new things with this technology. Uh, I think one aspect to this is definitely um, partners who are able to bring super valuable IP. They are invaluable parts of the ecosystem. But there is also you know other folks who are. Maybe, uh, more on like the technology side, right. More, more, mm. more on the software side who, yep. uh, who'd really want to push the boundaries, who, who might also have to fit there.
0: What's your total team size today? Full-time. Well, like a hundred now, hundred. Wow. How many engineers, uh, around 40, any of your own artists? Do you launch your own collections just to be your own customer?
1: No, we don't do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Interesting.
0: Yeah. Do you have artists on your team that helps new artists launch?
1: Yeah. So on the business side, we're proud to say around a third of our team are former NFT artists or former NFT collection creators. Um, Hire your so, customers, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to have the lifeblood of the user in the company, and I think that's um, um, that, that was a really critical move for us. And, and like, uh, I think that's that's done wonders for the way that we develop product and the way that we build new things.
0: Jack, on that note, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite book that you read?
1: Oh, I'm a huge uh, Haruki Murakami fan. So I love uh, Wind Up Bird Chronicles.
0: Wind Up Bird Chronicles. Good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're
1: following or studying? Uh, well, I used to work at FTX. Uh, I think the founder there, Sam Bakeman Freed, is, is an absolute monster. So uh, yeah, but that'll, number, be, uh, that'll keep my eyes on.
0: Number three, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool or online place to hang out?
1: Uh, Telegram. <laughs> it's a uh, must-have for crypto folks.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: Ooh, six hours.
0: Okay. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Married, no kids. No kids. How old are
1: you? Yeah. Uh,
0: 32. 32. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20.
1: Oh, um, well, when I was 20, I was in law school. So I uh, should have studied computer science, I think.
0: <laughs> Skip to go to computer science instead. Guys, Magic uh did over $400 million of transaction volume uh, in NFTs on Solana uh, last month alone. The average sale price there, about 200 or 300 bucks. Uh, that means there's about 2 million unique tra- transactions, 30,000 unique traders per day. They make a 2% cut on that 400 million. So 8 million in revenue just last month. That's up from 4 million. Earlier in January and February. So, growing very quickly, just closed a 27 million series A. It caught between a 200 and 300 million valuation, growing nicely with a team of 100, you know, hiring their own customers to make sure they keep that lifeblood going to the company. Jack, thanks for taking us to the top.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Nathan. Cheers.